You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It's a strange feeling, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, um, I've had games where, you know, quarterback ratings, statistics, and not everything, effort, all that amounted to a loss. And then I had games like yesterday where it was like, you know, you did everything to try to lose and you still win by the grace of God. So, man, I'm in a I'm in a great feeling right now. And, you know, we just want to just keep building from from uh, a great team win yesterday and move forward. You got that one? I got an idea, but like it kind of threw me off a little bit. It is a QB. Dang, see, that, that wasn't Russell me Wilson. Uh, he's Dane Sierra. You guys had trouble with this voice. quarterback as well, I think, a few weeks ago. Cam Newton? Yep. Mm. Yeah. Whatever, Brent. Whatever, man. Hey. Uh, are we doing our quarterback grades today? Yeah. I'm ready. Oh, we are? Oh, okay. It's, Someone's a... it's uh, Giving Tuesday, by the way. And we unofficially, officially launched the 690 Syndicate today. Yeah, we did. We yeah. just did it. Yeah. Just made it happen. Screw it. Let's go. And so our first act of the 690 Syndicate, mm-hmm. which, by the way, you came up with. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like the president. You're yeah. Secretary of State. Who's vice president? True. I'm kidding. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But init- I had to have him change it because it said Brent Martineau's 690 Syndicate. Who? Who, who put that? I, I, need, I need names. Yeah, uh, well... It no, did. I mean names. So now I change it to Action Sports Jacks. Okay. 690 Syndicate. Put a piece of paper down. Don't sit on the radio, but send me those names. Because <laughs> we have to have a little chit-chat about how things are ran around here. It's not your syndicate. I'll tell you that right now. It's the 690 Syndicate. 690 Syndicate. But anyway, our mine. first act as a 690 Syndicate fan club, sure. if you will. See, it's kind of double negative. It's a syndicate. It's not a fan club. This is why we got to have pre-show meetings, guys. Uh, but anyway, our first act is to uh, as a syndicate as a syndicate. Yes, is to support the Ronald McDonald House of Jacksonville. I'm in. Yeah, how about yeah. that? This yeah, for first good act, right? That's awesome. And so uh, we have on our Twitter page, and I'm sure we'll put it on ESPN690.com as well. But there's a link that you can go to to donate to the Deck the Doors campaign that Ronald McDonald House does, which is pretty cool. Yeah. They decorate the doors of the the patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and brighten up their holiday season. And so basically it's just a, a little a $5 donation um, and, and jump on our page. And, again, it's on Twitter right now. We'll put it up on the website and everything. And and it's going to go all month long. But we're just trying to raise a, a, at minimum $750 uh, for Ronald McDonald House and also to decorate the doors. Yeah. Uh, but let's do better than that. 
Heck yeah, it's our, our plan. For the kids, come on. Uh, so that's uh, what we're doing in the month of December. The first 690 syndicate action yep. is a nice one. I love it, I man. can't say all the rest will follow Be Nice like that. No, no, who no, no. I mean, it's I called mean, syndicate for a reason. Yeah. yeah. We might have jean jackets with gangs on the back. Yeah, hey, hey, now clubs. I keep saying clubs, <laughs> and, you, and you don't listen, and that's fine. But I can't wait, because I can't wait until Brent Martineau Zuckerberg's me, and he's going to take the 690 syndicate, and you know, you know what? We got Justin Fields now. We got a new GM. Let's go and make it the Sunshine and Rainbow Syndicate. And like he's gonna have his own little thing over there doing that, and I'm gonna get kicked to the curb, Zuckerberg style. Nah, not yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, give me I've two got years. Enough, I've had enough Sunshine and Rainbows Club, uh, Battle of the Sunsets Club, starting a fire pit club. The the Sunshine Syndicate though. I'm just saying, man. Yeah. Don't steal that. Yeah, yeah. it's trash. You're right. Nah. You're right. You're, it's trash. Six ninety six. Until he steals it, I can't wait. I can't wait two years from now. It might be. No, I mean, like once they shut the lights off on this place, it might just be the Brent Syndicate. <laughs> Give me a Skechers skin. You wear those Skechers shoes today? Skechers again, baby. Gee, you know, the, the guy. Skechers Syndicate. I the, like that. The, stop. That stop. is perfect. You, you aren't going to put a badass word like Syndicate next to trash like Skechers, okay? It's, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. You just don't do it. So stop. Has there ever been a Jaguars player? That has performed the way James Robinson has performed, given the fact you knew really nothing about him. Yeah. Is there a story like that in Jags history? The one that James Robinson is producing right now. I think Alan Hearns had a year, but it wasn't even to the extent of James Robinson. Like, if you look at James Robinson's numbers right now, and take the rookie card out of it. I'm just saying where he ranks in, uh, in you know NFL backs right now. It's it's impressive. So to answer your question, no, there hasn't been a rookie, a, an undrafted rookie like James Robinson, who's had this much influence on his team here in Jacksonville. Yeah, I I guess that's the context. It's like okay, you have a rookie guy. Did a rookie have a good season? If you go back through the years, maybe they did. I mean, heck, even Josh Allen had ten and a half sacks last year. You yeah. know, but again, we knew who Josh Allen was. He was the seventh overall pick in the draft, and it felt like a steal. Yeah, James Robinson. Even in August, we didn't. We were like, he's who's starting? You mean a Zigbo starting instead now that you've dropped Fournette? Yeah. James Robinson is starting. Where is he from? Yeah. You know, the Google machine was heavy. Mm-hmm. And the guy has been sensational. I, I just can't imagine there's been a story like this in Jacksonville with this kind of production. Like you said, his scrimmage yards, and I forget the well, third guy in the list. He's fourth in the league in scrimmage yards, and he's behind. Listen to the names, right? Derrick Henry, uh, Alvin Kamara. And I'm missing one more name on that list. Uh, um, it's a big name. In terms of scrimmage yards, probably Delvin Cook, I would say. Delvin Cook, I think. So now, do my eyes deceive me, though, here? Because I'm at NFL.com right now looking up rushing yards, and they have him third with 890. Did Delvin Cook is second with uh, 1,130, and then obviously Derrick Henry, uh, 1,257. And then Ronald Jones is fourth with 820. Like, is, is that not... Is that true? No, that's true. So he's third right now in the NFL in Russia. He jumped. He was fifth going into last week, and he jumped Jones. And who who's the other guy now behind him? Who's uh, fifth? Josh Jacobs. Yeah, jumped those guys. He was only like ten yards behind Jacobs. Yeah. And so now with 128 yards, now he's moved to third. And yeah. scrimmage wise, he's fourth in the league. I mean, he's got to make the Pro Bowl, right? I mean, he's a Pro Bowler. 
without a doubt. I mean, you you can't deny that well, for sure. And, and like, why does Ronald Jones have 820 yards off only 162 attempts? Well, he had a couple of huge. Yeah, he had like I a guess. 90 something yard run. He's had sure. some, he's actually coming on. I'm surprised yeah. they've played Fournette as much as they have mm-hmm. uh, because Jones has been pretty good. But uh, you know, somebody just said Josh Lambeau, which is an interesting one because Lambeau did come out of nowhere. You know, Lambeau was and then and he's been unbelievable. But let's be honest though, he was brought here for a reason. Like well, you, you signed him. I mean, no, listen, you don't know what you're gonna get with him. But he was brought in to do a job. Yeah. Right? Like, with James Robinson, when they signed him as an undrafted free agent, nobody expected, well, he was brought here to do a job of the starting running back. No, they thought he'd be a depth guy, a depth yes. practice squad guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But, I mean, it is out of nowhere what Lambo's done, too. True. I mean, he resurrected his career here. So, uh, But the James Robinson story is just so cool because he continues to get it done. I've said this before. I've been waiting for it to kind of hit the stop sign and just yeah. be like, all right, well, now he's hitting the rookie wall or, or now I was going to wait after week two to say that I'm like, all right, he did good against Indianapolis, but like, when's that tough defensive line going to come out and shut him down, he you know, down in like week five and six. But I really felt like that was the offensive play calling because they didn't give it to him. Yeah, I think it was when he has been when he hasn't produced big numbers, it's because they just don't give it to him. And now if you look at the last three weeks, he's up around 27 touches, 28 touches, 26 touches. And now because we wondered, could he do that? Right. Could. Yeah. okay, you're 12, 14, 17 touches a game and you're doing a great job with it. But can you carry the load? And not only has he carried the load, I think the unwritten story about James Robinson's season so far is there is nobody behind him. Mm -hmm. Nobody like. He has run for 98% of their offense when it comes to rushing yards. Like, there is nobody to rely on. Like, if he goes down and knock on wood, hopefully he doesn't. But if he goes down or if he he doesn't get spelled because there's nobody to take his place. Yeah, I think we all predicted that Chris Thompson would be that guy. And and even when, you know, obviously Chris Thompson's out right now. I think he's on IR, if I'm not mistaken. But even when he was in... You didn't really see Chris Thompson get a lot of those reps, right? Like, I mean, he got a couple of receptions. I think Robinson maybe stole here his third there. down reps. I agree with you. Let me ask you this. Because I, I think of greats like Alvin Kamara right now. Um, I think of guys like Nick Chubb, who, who's a pretty good running back in his yep. own right. I think of those guys. And they could be three down backs if they had to be, right? All due respect to Kareem Hunt. But listen, Nick Chubb can catch a couple balls on the backfield, and the Browns would be all right. We've seen Alvin Kamara have that three-down back roll before when Latavius Murray was hurt or a couple years ago when Mark Ingram was hurt, didn't skip a beat. Do the Jaguars need James Robinson to be that three-down back? Do they need him to be like a Saquon Barkley, a a Christian McCaffrey, a Dalvin Cook? Or can they get by in the future having him be a first, second-down back, and then you go after that third-down back, obviously, and kind of that change of pace? I think we have to be a little careful to say we got our guy for the next five years here in Jacksonville that's going to carry the load. I think you need to have a complimentary back. I think you might need two. I I think you need you need to build that because first of all, it's a position that people get hurt. It's a it's a high contact position, and he delivers contact too. Uh, And he has done a great job of staying healthy again. Knock on wood, but. I do think the change of pace home run back would benefit this team. He's not going to scare you going 75 yards. He's just not that guy. And if you want to evolve your offense, like if you look at this offense right now and you get the quarterback, you say Justin Fields for sake of argument. And what would you say you need? Mm -hmm. Well, to be honest with you, if they brought this offensive line back, I'd be fine. They have DJ Chark. You have LaVisca Chanel. You maybe even re-sign Chris Con- I'm sorry, uh, 
uh, Keelan Cole, but I believe you need to add a top-flight receiver, whether it's in the draft receiving option, whether it's Kyle Pitts, whether it's Jamar Chase, uh, whether it's uh, go get Allen Robinson back here yeah. or go get Juju Smith-Schuster. I believe you have to add one more big receiving threat, and I would say you have to continue to add to a dead tight end room. And I think the third thing is you have to add to your backfield. So I think there are three things to make this offense like they can't sit on here and say, well, we're pretty happy. You're pretty happy. I hope they don't do that with this offense because they need another big time receiving threat. Yeah. They probably need multiple threats in the tight end game. And they definitely need somebody to complement spell and change a pace with James Robinson in the backfield moving forward. See, that's why I'm so adamant about Kyle Pitts and doing whatever in your power you can do to get him. Now, I know what the stats say, and I, and I know once again what the analytics say, is that when you take a tight end that high, because let's be honest, he's, he's going top 10 for sure. If, I don't if, know if he's going that high. Uh, you don't think he's going top 10, Kyle no, Pitts? I, I'd put him in the top like 16. Okay, so top 18. 16. Oh, I think he's going to go sooner than that. No, but, unfortunately, the Jags won't have that second pick be yeah. around 18. Yeah, but. but history has shown us that when you take a, a tight end that high, right? Like, for instance, TJ Hawkinson comes to mind. Noah Fant comes to mind a little bit in the top 20, I believe, or top 25. Like, th- those guys have been okay. But now, were they worth the pick where they got taken? Probably not. Probably not. And the argument's going to be made for Pitts as well. But all I know is when I watch Kyle Pitts, I watch this guy go in the slot. I watch this guy go on the outside. He's an absolute matchup nightmare. And I think that if you have an offense already in Jacksonville, that's, you know, it's it's sustainable. It's not like he's going to um, a bleak surface. I mean, there are pieces on this Jacksonville offense to be successful already. Now, obviously, you need a quarterback. You need some other things. But I think if you can plug and play Kyle Pitts right now, I think he'd be special. And, yeah. and I'm going to be willing to take that risk. Well, and here's the thing. What you got to be careful about history when it comes to the tight end spot is, let's be honest, Kyle Pitts is not your typical tight end, number one. Yeah. And number two, the game has changed. Like Darren Waller is a m- mismatch. Like, you mm-hmm. didn't find that years ago, mm-hmm. right? I mean... Travis Kelsey's a mismatch. He's a mismatch. And and even Waller seems like a different kind of mismatch than even Kelsey feels like. So I'm just saying the position in the game has changed. So don't get wrapped up in the history of where tight ends have been picked. Now, the tight end position early drafting comes with some red flags. It comes with... It, we did this study. Yeah, it did. takes too long. It takes a couple years sometimes for a guy to come into his own. Hawkinson's way better this year than he was last year. Uh, and he might be great next year, mm-hmm. but it might take three years for the tight end to come into his own. So I don't know if you'll get instant stuff from Kyle Pitts, but he just feels like more of a receiver to me anyway. Like, well, I, I, yeah. I understand he can block, and I don't want to take anything away from him, but it just feels like you're not – I don't envision Kyle Pitts coming on this team and lining up next to the tackle. I feel like – Kyle Pitts is going to line up on this team in a four wide receiver set. He's going to be out split to the left. Sure, sure. You know, so that's where you evolve your offense. You make your offense better. You give it something that it doesn't have. And so I do think Kyle Pitts would be worthy of a pretty top selection. I'm not saying a top 10 selection, but I do think he's, if you're in the first round, you get a chance to trade up to get a Kyle Pitts. I think he is that different. And we're seeing it done with a guy like Waller. We've seen it done with other guys like Kelsey and, and stuff. Yeah. That it's a valuable commodity enough to spend a first round pick. Well, and here's the thing too, is that we're, and here's the problem. We're not doing it, but I'm saying on a national level, here's what you're doing with Kyle Pitts. You're pigeonholing him and saying he's a tight end, and look at the history of tight ends. I don't pigeonhole Kyle Pitts as a tight end just like you don't. I, I consider him a pass catcher. I think the guy can play wide receiver. I think the guy can go in the slide. I think the guy can do everything. And when you have guys like that, you know, 
pass catchers, take the tight end and send them out, take, say pass catchers, those guys can change teams day one. DK Metcalf came into Seattle, changed that offense day one. A.J. Brown came in to the Titans and changed that offense day one. And I think Kyle Pitts can do the same thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, I want to talk a little bit college football real quick um, and, and want to make sure we get this in. Uh, oh, by the way, James Berger said, uh, what other guys? Jimmy Smith. That's a good, I mean, it's a great call. Obviously, Jimmy mm-hmm. Smith, kind of what Dallas had given up on him as his free, free agent guy and, sure. um, and then turns into what should be considered as a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess the only difference, and, and this is a little more difficult in, in, for me in full disclosure because I wasn't here at that time. Yeah. So it's a little more difficult to kind of feel like what the city felt like or what covering the team felt like at that point. Like, did they think, oh, Jimmy Smith has some talent here. Maybe they get a little lucky bringing him in because he's played a bit before in the past. I mean, James Robinson, like, nobody knew. Like, if, if, Dude, if he, you're, he went undrafted for a reason. Nobody knew who he no was. NFL and by the way, knew. only two teams even were interested, he said. Yeah. San Francisco and the Jags. Yeah. So I do feel like it's a little – it's a great comparison. I mean, there's not many examples of a guy like Robinson, so Jimmy Smith is a, is a good example. Uh, but, listen, I believe you have to get lucky in the NFL. I believe in sports and, and really anything. you got to get – there's got to be some sense of luck. And maybe you create your own luck. Jags have not been very fortunate in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this, you look at moves like this and you're like, wow, that's, they might have got lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been unlucky several times. I mean, Justin Blackman was a good receiver, maybe even on his way to being a great receiver, and he can't stay in the league. Telvin Smith was a Pro Bowl guy and retired with $10 million on the table. I mean, they've been very unlucky at times. But I think James Robinson, we might look up in five years, and it might be one of the most fortuitous, uh, yeah. lucky plays in the history of the franchise. And, and I'm not giving Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell and everybody credit for this because they lucked into it, too, or they would have picked him in the fourth round. Without a doubt. And it's funny because we should be excited about James Robinson right now. We have every right to be as we should. But when you talk about the running back position, it's almost like the most ex- like expendable position in the NFL, which is crazy to me. Right, because we see what James Robinson's done right now. We see how he's affected this offense, and we're excited going forward. But everyone's going to tell us, like, well, it's the running back position. You know, you'd never be too content on the running back position. He'll be here for maybe two, three years, four years, and then you get somebody else. And maybe that's the truth. But I'm just saying right now, we've seen when you have a good running game, what it can do for a team, ask the Browns that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, ask the Saints that. And when you have a good running game, it can work wonders. So I'm going to, listen, I'm going to ride this wave as long as I can with James Robinson. I'm going to embrace the run game as long as I can. And then when it's war, it's welcome. It's war, it's welcome. Hey, uh, what, a couple other notes, too. Keelan Cole, JT Jack says, Keelan Cole, 700-yard rookie year is closest thing I can think of. You know, that was, Keelan Cole's a good example. Yeah. But, and we saw it in camp. It Would you say like Alan Hearns evolving. or Keelan Cole more? And, and Hearns is similar because Hearns, I don't know if it was that initial year that he did that, though. I, I, yeah. I'm not mistaken. I think he, that might have been his second year with, in, uh, maybe it was his original year. Yeah, no, nah, I don't right think now. it was. I think it was 15 where those guys had their 1,000-yard seasons. So Allen Hearns' rookie year started in eight games, 51 receptions, six touchdowns, 677 yards. Okay, so that's still a lot of the year. blue. Really good. But then obviously his second year is when he had the big numbers. Okay, so but Allen Hearns fits. You know, so these – again, I, I think those guys, because he went to Miami, so there's still a little bit of a known commodity, a bit about Allen Hearns, but that's close. Uh, Matthew says Minshew, right? 21 touchdowns, six picks, 3,000-plus yards with a playbook built for foals. I mean, yeah. you know, they have had some stories. And again, I don't – I guess that's getting lucky. But that's still finding some talent late. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I don't know. Do you give credit to the scouting staff for some of that? Uh, maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to get to the college stuff in a moment because I've got some questions about whether some of these teams are even going to make it to the Final Four. But one last uh, NFL note I wanted to get to yesterday, and I want to get too far away from it. Baker Mayfield, is he legit? Is Do you like him? Do you what, – what you saw out of him? Yeah. You know, um, first of all, like, I don't mind all the commercials and things like that, right? Because I, I watch – I see – I turn on the TV, I see Aaron Rodgers, discount double check-in, the Rodgers rate. I see that like every other commercial. So, like, you can do commercials and that's fine. I'm not – that doesn't perturb me. What perturbs me, though, about Baker Mayfield is what I saw against the Jaguars. It's what's kind of been the, the theme of this entire season. There's some good, but then when a guy's wide open for a touchdown, you overthrow him by like five yards. And it's like, what was that? And all of a sudden I'm wondering, well, I can make that throw. So to me, where he was taken, the expectations that have laid down, that have been laid before him, I don't think he's achieved those yet. So to, to, to be truthful, I like Baker Mayfield. I, I like the attitude. I like the swag. But I am not sold yet on Baker Mayfield being the quarterback going forward for the Cleveland Browns. Listen, I think he's having a good year, but let's be honest now. If a team runs for 200 yards in the NFL, I can find you a lot of good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They run for 200 yards a game. And they do. he does have Jarvis Landry. And he's got Austin Hooper, who they spent $50 million on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see an elevation of Baker Mayfield's play to say, hey, he's elevating them. Yep. You know? I did see, and we got a, a more expensive who got on. on <laughs> he's a big Oklahoma guy, and so he thought we were all ripping Mayfield. And I understand Mayfield's numbers were fine, but if you go look at that, his ball placement and a lot of things. Like I thought Jarvis Landry was frustrated with Mayfield the other day. Yeah, like that's what it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. And he missed some throws that were like, "Holy cow, man!" Uh, and I don't know if that's a regular thing for Mayfield. I don't watch him closely enough. His numbers are very pedestrian this year. Mm -hmm. But, again, they've got the good running attack, so they don't need to throw it. They don't have Odell Beckham Jr. Um, This isn't a character flaw or anything like that. I'm just wondering from a football standpoint, if if you're Brown, they're 8-3. They're doing stuff they haven't done. Mm -hmm. So you got to give credit to Mayfield. He's not making mistakes. He's He's taking care of the football. And he's playing some crappy weather, too. Oh, yeah, a couple of games have been just outrageous weather. But i got to be honest with you. It feels a little bit... Bortles-esque. Here's oh, no, no, like in seventeen, like okay, where okay. Bortles played well, okay, and they could do everything. They were complimented I mean, with the, the run word, game. Man, They're it. playing good defense. They've got like a player of the year candidate, Miles Garrett. Yeah, like I just don't, I don't. If I'm a Browns fan, here's what I'm asking: Yes, is Mayfield taking me to the promised land? And right now, I watched that team play the other day. Now on that particular Sunday, I'm like, they ain't winning the game in the playoffs. Not yeah. this year. But is he going to the promised land with Baker Mayfield? Right now, I'd, have, I'd probably say no. More importantly, though, since we have a bet on the line right now, is he doing better than Ben Roethlisberger? Because that was the bet. I said that Baker Mayfield would have a better season than Big Ben Roethlisberger. No, Roethlisberger's killing him. In what? Everything. Not in QBR. He's not? No, sir. Baker Mayfield, 16th. Ben Roethlisberger, 19th. Anything else? That's another win for me. Hey, hey. <laughs> did that go the way you thought I was going to go? But nope. I don't like QBR. Nope. What about the rating? Uh, well, give me some time then. Wh- what about PAA? You, you want that? PAA. PAA. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the number of points contributed by a quarterback accounting for QBR <laughs> on how much he plays. I'm not done above the we level of go. an average. We'll Turn the music off. ESPN 690. He's, uh, don't he's, listen to him, Coos. He's, he's got a 30 right now. I've got a baseball in my hand. <laughs>
Brent Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I just feel like they are the San Antonio Spurs of the NFL. Uh, all their guys are homegrown. When you think about Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, uh, guys that have grew up in the organization, right? Guys that they have drafted very similar to the Spurs. Uh, they're not a flashy team, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, who will make a flashy play every once in a while. That's typically how the Spurs won their championships. They have an incredible fan base. They're always in the mix, and they're like they're not in a large market. Like I just, I, I feel like they've won championships. They have four Super Bowls. The uh, San Antonio Spurs have five NBA titles. It just feels like there are so many similar comparisons, and each and every year they just win. Like you, you wonder how they do it. You know, the question is, that they need more wide receivers? What's up with their defense? They still find ways to win. It just seems like they're the San Antonio Spurs of the NFL. Ryan Clark? Uh, was that Jay Williams? Jay Williams? What? I mean, you probably got paid to, to say that. You know, like, uh, it's a conspiracy. I'm just good. Well, I should know Jay Williams would use a basketball analogy comparing the Spurs to the Packers. But what a way. What a... What a a punch in the face of the Green Bay Packers. What you think? You think Devontae Adams, Manu Ginobili? Nah, man. What you think? Aaron Rodgers and Tim Duncan, the big fundamental? Nah, man. Nah. What, All right. Is he Brent? Nah, is know. it Devontae Adams, Manu Ginobili? Yeah, no. No. What about like Tony Parker? No. The Devontae Adams is like Dwayne Wade. I like, think they would feel. I, I, it's it's an interesting comp. Say to Antonio and Green Bay, they would feel like that without Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is like a mega star, man. Rodgers rate, baby. I mean, mega star. Rodgers like, rate. Like, I, I, seriously, is he the? Where is he on the rank of stars in the NFL? Mahomes is number one. Yeah. I mean, he, he has the key to the city of Green Bay. Well, right? I know Green Bay, but I'm talking about national star. Like nobody on San Antonio was like that. Not even Tim Duncan. No. So, Glenn Robinson? Or not Glenn Robinson? Uh, <laughs> Glenn Robinson. Glenn Robinson. Um, <laughs> who's the other guy from the Spurs? Now I'm drawing a blank. It was Tim Duncan. Who's the Admiral? Tony Parker. Who's the Admiral? Oh, oh Dave, Robinson. Dave Robinson. Dave Robinson. Yeah, my bad. I, I, I the big he was dog on his way mind. out when they were getting True. good, though. But, but, but he was still. Yeah, I mean, who's the Admiral? So would, the would bigger, you, actually, Tony Parker, big, because it wasn't it uh, he was married or is married to Longoria? Good for you, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's what made him a star. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And Aaron Rodgers was dating Danica Patrick. That was big. And Olivia Munn. But I would think Aaron Rodgers behind Mahomes yeah. is the biggest star in the league. So then who would you say Even he is? Even more than Brady. Even more than Brady right oh, now? Oh, yeah. He's well, more, I mean, at a skill level, but yeah. because they were so close to Russell Wilson? Fort Knox, no, right now. I think there's two things. Russell Wilson, maybe. I thought of him. Yeah. But he's so far. There is a bias. He's way out there. Mm -hmm. And then the difference part was Brady didn't want any of the attention on him for so long. True. Didn't feel like it. And there were Fort Knox there in New England mm -hmm. where they weren't letting anything out. So you couldn't even have a personality. Well, Aaron Rodgers, he does whatever the heck he wants. Plus, it, it, it is Green Bay, too, right? I mean, there's there's, 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 a, lure a, there's, to there's it. a nostalgia there. And as much as, like, he actually, I think, is a bit polarizing because he's kind of annoying sometimes that Rodgers can be. Careful now because we have Green Bay listeners. But, but, it's, but, hard, yes. but it's hard not to like the Packers. You yeah. can easily hate the Patriots. Yep. Cowboys, and, America's team. 
And again, I don't think you hate the the Seahawks either, though. That's tough to hate them. Yeah. But I just think there's a West Coast bias a bit, at least. It feels that way. So. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just think the the whole vibe of Green Bay, um, the the fan base, like I don't think they're really that annoying per se, unless it's to me because I said the Packers going to lose and all that. But I think overall, you mix the fan base, you mix the history, the nostalgia. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably number two, or at least and, number three. And by the way, Russell Wilson and Brady are probably second fiddle in their own household. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, like what uh, uh, Rodgers was not. I mean, Danica no, Patrick's a big All star, but she never Danica. won anything. Yeah, well, he was dating Olivia Munn. She was an X-Men, but still Aaron Rodgers. I, I get it. I man. felt like Aaron Rodgers was bigger in the relationship the than Danica Patrick. Easy than now. both. Okay. And even the same with the with Bra- but not the same with Brady and maybe Brady's bigger than because you don't see Giselle no. a lot. So no, so no, oh, don't don't get it twisted, Brent. Giselle's big. I know Giselle's she's big, big but, yeah. but you don't see but no, her. Out. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's how you know if. The wipe is bigger than the, than the athlete is. If the athlete changes, Tom Brady used to be this blue collar guy out of Michigan. Then what happened? True. He married Giselle. He's wearing started rocking like, UGG boots, yes, scarves, and true. everything. You're done, Tom Brady. Yeah, Giselle's running shakes. stuff. Russell Wilson. We don't have to get into Russell Wilson. Okay, we're talking. Russell Wilson's we're doing talking photo shoots in the, the earth, backyard. Wisconsin guy, Midwest guy, Brent, wholesome. And all of a sudden, Sierra comes along. He's got a Jerry curl. He's rocking chains. Enough said. Aaron Rodgers, though, did Aaron Rodgers really change? No. Dated Olivia Munn, dated Danica Patrick. You know, I would say two B-list, maybe A-list celebrities. Did Aaron Rodgers change? Hell no, man. No, he didn't. And that's why Aaron Rodgers is the man. That's right. Rodgers got a little Sinatra in him. Yep. Didn't he have, was he the one that was doing the uh, Instagram videos trying to figure out who was killing his chickens? That was Jay Cutler. That was Jay Cutler. Jay okay. Cutler. And Jay. <laughs> Jay, Jay's talk. not on that level. Jay, Jay in level, man. Yeah, enough uh, said with that. All right, Dave, second-year quarterback grades are out sitting by the fire and <clears> making <throat> these grades last night at the pit. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we go. <laughs> Drew Locke. <laughs> hey, is it, were you leaving early today? What's up? Could you get a phone call? Were we out of here early? What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 yeah. Okay, good. All right, cool. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, he still, it, it did a nice job picking up Alex Smith on Thanksgiving Day <laughs> from the sideline. Uh, check mark for that. Yeah. Uh, Gardner, apparently the everybody in the building that'll like him or something because <laughs> they're not playing him. Is this even a game anymore? I mean, geez. Is this even a game anymore? Daniel Jones pulled hammy now, <laughs> but they've won three in a row. Brent? They've won three in a Brent? row. They lead the NFC East. Brent? Give me numbers on Daniel Jones. Oh, see, I didn't go the numbers. One pulled hamstring. That's all I need to know. And he's toughing it out and might play again. He tried to go back in and was standing on one leg like he's Byron Leftwich at Marshall. Not how it works. <laughs> you pulled your hamstring because you're not an athlete. Uh, they played the Bengals. They played the Bengals. All right, Daniel Jones, 16 completions, 27% of 27 attempts, sorry, uh, 59.26 completion percentage. I've seen better. 213 yards, uh, an 84.3 quarterback rating, 19 rushing yards, not going to cut it, and one pulled hamstring. How many tids? Say that one more time for the kids in the back. Tids. Zero. No, no, no tids. Tidless. But they won. Okay, it's that one or not? Is that kind of close? But they won against the Bengals. Yeah, and Joe, and Joe Burrow got hurt three in a row, and he's in first place. And Joe, Brent, it's we, you know what division they're playing? He's the only QB Relax. in this list that's in first place. What's the record? Four and I, six. I mean, I wish Kyle Murray <laughs> could play. <laughs> hey, in that division, oh, we've been talking MVP for sure. 
Brent, I'm, I'm going to give him, you know, it's a season of giving. I'm feeling generous. And it can be a check mark, but it's going to be uh, a dash. Dash? It's not going to be a minus. Not going to be a check. That's going to be the backward slash. There it is. Yep, backward slash. All right, Ooh, now it's... And then that brings up Kyle Murray. Hey, easy Kyle now. Kyle Murray, by the way. First, first who, of all... Hey, first, hey Coos, what? I don't know if you saw this. Excuse me. But the guy who loves Kyle Murray... Excuse me now. The guy who has turned us into an ESPN 690 in the desert... Easy now. ...station. He didn't even start him in his fantasy first, league this okay. week. He benched hey, Kyle Murray. Hey, didn't he bench him. Benched hey, didn't bench him. Did not bench him. I just told him, hey, Kyler, Josh Allen will take it from here. That's all I said. <laughs> I, I didn't bench you him. You were so I afraid said, of Bill Belichick Brent? against Kyler Murray Brent? that you benched no, Kyler Murray. because Josh Allen had an extra mwah, chef's kiss juicy matchup that I couldn't pass up. I told Kyler what was going on. He understands. This is business. I'm trying to win a championship. And it turned out to be the right move. That's why I'm playing for championships. That's because Kyler Murray consolation prize. Wait a, wait a second now. Let's go over the numbers real quick. All right? Because sometimes the devil's in the details. Let's go over these numbers. 23 for 34. 67.65 completion percentage. Better than Daniel Jones. Not bad. Better, better than Daniel Jones. How many yards per attempt? Okay, so 170 yards. Now, I'm not a mathematician, and I don't trust these numbers. I don't trust these numbers all the time on pro football reference. But according to them, not me, according to them, that's 5.00 yards per attempt. <laughs> hey, hey. Now. Who's he throwing it back with? Now. <laughs> I can't with you. I can't because, Brent, you don't take this seriously. All right? Because, once again, the emotions are coming over you right now. Right? Like, you have a vendetta against Kyler Murray. I'm just calling it like I see it. Now, five rushes, 31 yards. You seem better. Now, a, a couple things here. At least here. he ran for more than he passed now, for a poor attempt. Now, now, a couple things here. He was getting zero help from the rest of the team. Zane Gonzalez missing field goals. Hopkins dropped a couple balls. But, listen, if we're going to give out awards here and we're going to give out accolades, the job that Bill Belichick did against this offensive juggernaut, um, there should be like a defensive showing of the year award, like at the you know the NFL Honors Awards. It should be defense uh, showing of the year, and it's going to go to New England Patriots and Bill Belichick because they did a great job shutting down Hopkins, shutting down this Cardinals offense. Now listen, man, I'm not going to say he's going to get a plus because he's not going to get a plus. All right. I'm a realist. I tell like it is. But if you don't put a giant heart <laughs> next to his name, week whatever, 12 or 13, put a giant heart. Because I'll tell you what, man, he showed toughness. He showed leadership. And I think going forward, they still like where they're at. So one giant heart, please. I'll give him a Kyle giant Mar- heart because you want to give him a hug because he needs one. He played so whatever. poorly. Hey, once again, Josh Allen was a starter for my fantasy Two football team. an interception, 170 Zero yards. Zero help. <laughs> had a, had to put the team on his back and Bill Belichick smelled blood. By the way, Cardinals, you know, he used to be a winner. Now he's six and five. Still a winner. Uh, six so, and five hey, going still, in the wrong direction. Still a winner. Still a winner, Brent. Outside looking into the playoffs soon. I mean, do you want to see the, the, the numbers in, in a hole? Because he's top five quarterback still. Okay? Out of the MVP race now. I mean, there's a lot of football left. A lot of football left. By the way, Relax. I got Cyber Monday. Yeah. And remember since I bought that Kyler Murray shirt? <laughs> Fanatics is now selling it for 75% off. <laughs> That's how bad that performance was yesterday. <laughs> Sunday. QB report card. Listen, whatever, man. No, and listen, here's another problem with this show. You put, I think, HA92 is turning on Kyler Murray. Well, you did. Not, you benched him. Don't, I didn't, Brent, I didn't bench so him. I just put in Josh Allen. 
out of curiosity, next week, are you going to start Kyler Murray? Who do they play next week? I don't know, I'll but I hope that up. yards per average goes up. Brent, don't worry about the yards per average, right? He's doing just fine. Bills are playing the 49ers. Oh, no. So Josh Allen's done. We'll see you later. Hey, you, you had your one week of service. Thank you very much. Go ahead and take your accommodations to the side. Kyle Murray's back in, baby. Who's Kyle Murray got this week? Real quick, somebody. Hopefully not the Patriots. Coos, who you got? Brent, the Patriots, they're a good defense. There's, I mean, I, unbelievable. Can someone tell me who the Cardinals are playing? Because I can't find it. I see the Rams. It's taking so long to load. Uh, Rams. Rams. Yeah. Tough defense. Oh, oh, oh. What are you going to do? DeAndre. Hey. What? DeAndre, DeAndre against Jalen. Hey, you think those legs. Who's your daddy? Hey, hey, you think those legs are scared of Aaron Donald? Please, is it at Arizona? Please. <laughs> that would help. Whatever. At I'm Arizona, like, yes. Oh, I mean, I don't, what are you talking, 30 fantasy points this week? Yeah. To 35. You know, Jalen Ramsey's going to be crying when Kyler drops three touchdowns on him. Three tids. Oh, it's going to be it's gonna be a game <laughs> full of tids, everybody. Don't worry. We had a week where we're kind of off and everything like that, but we're bringing tids back. Make oh. tids great again. All right. Chris asked me this question yesterday. I want to get to college football for a moment. Uh, it says He's asking about the ACC, okay? Mm-hmm. And Clemson right now has one loss. Notre yeah. Dame has none. And Miami has won. So he asked an interesting question, so much so they had to go look it up. Okay. Notre Dame is basically in the ACC championship. ACC championship is going to be determined by winning percentage. Well, Clemson didn't play Florida State. What if Miami goes to 9-1, Clemson finishes 8-1? Winning percentage-wise, Miami would get the top spot, right? But I looked it up, and sorry to say, it wouldn't be Notre Dame against Miami. They, they, the ACC in the beginning said that if there is this kind of situation mm-hmm. and there's a head-to-head matchup, you go to head-to-head first before winning percentage. So Clemson beat Miami. So even if Miami ends up 9-1, and one, Clemson <laughs> will go to the ACC championship game because of the head-to-head matchup. So there is no importance for Clemson to make up the game against Florida State. That's the sure. moral of the story. Sure. Interesting, though. The other thing that's interesting is just even, is Ohio State going to end up with enough games? You know, how do you play again when you're supposed to sit out? Wisconsin missed two games in a row. Mm -hmm. They sat out, what, 21 days or something? But they're done. They got to be the Northwestern. They're done. (laughs) I I, I know, but Ohio State isn't. No, Ohio State has to meet a criteria of a certain amount of games. They have to to play, I'm sorry, they they have to play six games total, right, to go to the Big Ten Championship. And obviously, if you win the Big Ten Championship, well, that's almost an automatic shoe-in to go to the college football playoff. If they don't play those six games, because I think they're slated to play Michigan State this week. Yes. We're still on right yes. now. Right now, they think they're going to make it to that yeah. game. And assuming that game goes off without a hitch, they have one more game to play after that. Michigan. Michigan. Now, what if Michigan well, gets the Rona? Here's the thing. <laughs> Michigan is in no rush to play Ohio State no. right now. Harbaugh is in no rush to kind of... Then the rules open and say, yeah, but no, nobody wants to play Ohio State. So it's going to be interesting to see if Ohio State only plays five games. And let's say Michigan comes down with Rona. It's going to be interesting to see how the committee handles this, right? Because do you, is like Ohio State automatically disqualified? Like, have they not showed you enough? Do you take a, like another team from maybe the SEC or do you go all systems go in the Big Ten? 
Well, the thing about, yeah, I mean, Ohio State not being able to play in that championship game potentially does set up those kind of scenarios. Yeah. And or, or if you're the Big Ten, can you mess up, uh, do you fudge the rules and say, uh, you know what, if you play five games, that's fine. That's dangerous. You're the Big Ten. Well, dangerous. But, Brent, let's be honest, the Big Ten needs a team in the they championship. They want the team championship. Yeah. You're right. Um, it's fascinating in yeah. college football. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just given the fact uh, of all that. So Florida State might not even play again. You know, we'll yeah. talk more Florida State as we go along, but I mean, they might not, seriously might not play another game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see what happens, uh, and it just shows you that COVID nineteen, if you have enough of it on your team, can put you down for a couple of weeks. Because the ACC rule is different than the Big Ten rule; yeah. they could go back and play if ready. They're just not ready, mm-hmm. so or they haven't been ready. They had to cancel. The, it wasn't just a Clemson thing, by the way. They canceled the one against Virginia, yeah. and it doesn't look like Virginia wants to come back down and or, or come back down and play. And Clemson doesn't want to either. So Florida State. If they're not ready to go this weekend, which that game's already off, mm-hmm. uh, if they don't make anything up, I should say, then they're done. Do you think that we see two ACC teams in the, in the playoff? No. You don't think it's going to be Clemson and Notre Dame? Uh, and I say ACC with, with yes, you're right. Notre Dame in mind, um, I, That could happen if it's a close game. Yeah. certainly could. They already beat Clemson. They would be yeah. – they had earned that. Uh, depending on who else is in the mix. Yeah. So, yeah, I shouldn't have dismissed that as quickly as I did. Hey, real quick, i, yeah. I got to get to this because I don't want it to get to Wednesday without. The whole fight stuff, Roy Jones Jr., yeah, Tyson, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Nate Robinson stuff. Yeah. Who, I mean, so, what was your take on all of it? Yeah, listen, so like, I kind of talked about the Roy Jones Jr., Mike Tyson stuff. Um, you know, I, I previewed it and everything, and I thought that the, they both showcased their skill sets. I, I thought it was a great showing by them. Now, the Nate Robinson, is it Logan Paul or Jake Paul? Jake. I, I believe Jake it was Paul. Jake, yeah. So the Nate Robinson, Don't Jake worry, Paul I'll be the thing, heavy here. It was yeah, Jake, there you go, all right? There you go. I'll, I'll fill you so, guys in on the YouTube sensations. Appreciate it. So the, the Jake Paul-Nate Robinson fight, I didn't break down at all because I didn't really agree with it. I wasn't mad that they were fighting, but I was mad that they were going to fight as the co-main event of such a big card. I wanted to see other boxers get their shine and get their showcase because that's how you build the sport. I don't think you build the sport with YouTube stars and former NBA players. So I had no stake in that fight whatsoever. So the fight happens, and obviously Nate Robinson gets knocked out, and I go on Twitter and I log right off it. Because I see all of his peers calling him out, making fun of him, memeing him, and it's it's insane to me. Now listen, Nate Robinson doesn't need my help, all right? Nate Robinson made $800,000 from that fight, so props to him for doing that. But I had to reach out to the guy and just said, hey man, Nothing but respect for my end. Because at the end of the day, you still took that walk. You still went in that arena. I don't care if Steph Curry's making fun of you and all these NBA players. Because at the end of the day, if Nate Robinson would have went out there and knocked Jake Paul out, they all would have been on board. Yeah, and yeah. they all would have said, Nate Robinson's the man. Yeah. So that drove me crazy that his peers felt they need to make fun of him instead of bring him back up. And then it also drove me crazy. And I'll call people all day. Like, listen, I have no problem saying this to people's faces. Skip Bayless. Uh, uh, Sharp. Shannon Sharp. When you guys want to laugh and make jokes about Nate Robinson, too, and saying, well, he, he's bad for the culture, take away his street pass, it was never about black versus white. And it was never about a street pass. You guys made it about that. He didn't. And when you want to crack jokes about him, that's fine. But I'm telling you right now, fighters, 
won't take you seriously. There's a reason why Dante Wilder, Tyson Fury, Jorge Masvidal, Conor McGregor don't make fun of Nate Robinson. Because we've all been there. Whether it's in sparring or whether it's in a real fight, we've all been there. We've been in deep water. We've been knocked out. We've been embarrassed. So, enough said. So, either you're a fighter, you keep your mouth shut, or you're a poser, and you keep talking smack about Nate Robinson. Man, well said. I like it. Sorry, man. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah. Uh, some of the memes are kind of funny, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I get it. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow here on Action Sports Jackson ESPN 690. I'll see you tonight on TV on CBS 47 and Fox 30.